Hi, Gary Stone from Sharewell Systems here. Sure, you may be trading stocks, ETFs, CFDs, futures, or even cryptos and FX, but how do you invest the money that really counts, including your retirement savings? Do you do it yourself, or do you feel you lack the strategies and confidence and have instead entrusted your retirement to a managed fund or financial advisor, or to somebody else to grow and protect your biggest investment? Go to sharewellsystems.com and download a case study that dissects a real money portfolio, which has achieved a return of double the ASX 200 accumulation index since January 2016. Sharewell Systems is proudly powering the spotty Your Call Hour right here on Ticker. Well, hello and welcome once again to Spotty, streaming to you live from Ticker News, where we shine the spotlight on your shares and answer your questions live on air. So how do you get to ask them? Well, Dexter's waiting to take your text message 0480-079-089, or you can email us, of course, at question at spotty.com.au. You will see these contact details appear throughout the show on the bottom of the screen though, so no need to memorize it. Well, let's bring in today's Chief Spotters. And I wanna start with my good mate from, well, lockdown in Perth town. I empathize with what you're going through. Frank from Pro Trader, g'day, how you doing? Well, Elio, actually nothing changes for me. I just sit in front of a screen all day, every day, lockdown or not. YouTube and Ticker TV. Post, I like it. Well, look, just a quick question. The question on everyone's lips though, have you got enough dunny paper, Frank? Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, and we haven't been out shopping for any either. We just have some, you know, all normal. The, the team at Pro Trader. But yeah, you know, we, we just go with the flow over here in the West. Um, yeah. The, the governor general or the big boss, whoever he is, he just says, lock down, stay home. So we lock down, stay home. I was going to put a mask on just for you, but uh, <laughs> thought we could go without today. Well, that's all right. I'm sure you'll be flogging it off later. But Pro Trader, you've been a real cornerstone of the, the Australia market for quite some time. And protradersoftware.com.au is where you can go to learn about the services that Frank has to offer. And of course, ask him as many questions as you like today. 0480 Okay, let's bring in our next guest from the Billionaires Factory at Medallion Financial Group. It's Stuart Bromley. How are you doing, Stuart? Good, thanks, Elio. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks, mate. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and uh, more importantly, uh, that uh, fine firm that you represent? Yeah, so uh, I've been at Medallion Financial now for coming on four years. Uh, we've uh, basically focused on the ASX 300 here at Medallion. We're located in Sydney, uh, in the heart of the financial district, uh, really working with sort of, you would say, high net worth clients to regular mum and dads right the way through, uh, looking to make sure they can do as well as possible out of their share portfolios. Yeah, although look, notwithstanding that you've helped people make a lot of money over recent times, I dare suggest at the minute it seems to be a bit of a momentum trade, which always makes it a little tough to sell your wares that you can help people out before when they seem to be doing okay now. But you know what? We know that this market goes up in swings and roundabouts. And that's what we've got experts like you, like Frank and all our experts on Spotty to help us through. So we're ready, folks. All we need are your questions. Send them through right now. Uh, currently the market, 
um, on the back of the last night's rise is actually doing quite well. The ASX uh, 200 close to 1% up. The All Ordinaries are uh, very similar to that. Let's get into the main market news and the news stories of the day. And look, overnight, the silver squeeze hashtag gained some momentum, as did the price of silver, at one point rising some 11% to settle at around a little over 8%. Interestingly, though, GameStop fell some 32%, 15% down at the moment after market. AMC was flat. It would appear at this early stage that the past momentum is struggling to be maintained and sustained moving forward. So the question is, will the swarm return? Or is this going to pass quickly as we all scratch our heads and say, how the hell did this just happen? Uh, just like all price contracts going negative last year. Or Frank, you might might be old enough to remember Poseidon. Uh, we have had these bull and bust or bubble type scenarios before. What's been your take on this recent uh, kerfuffle? Because uh, it has been astonishing. But seriously, though the actors may change, the plot seems to remain the same. Yeah, look, the interesting thing is... Yeah, obviously the social media and uh, the boys at Reddit or whatever got together and did their job firstly on GME and now having a bit of a crack at silver. I can remember the Hunt Brothers, uh, 1980, corner of the silver market. Silver got to about 48 US an ounce back then and it's never been back to that level. These things tend to happen, but with Reddit, it's just everyone is reading it, whereas if you have a look at percentage returns, I think we've done better with AMP. Uh, sorry, sorry, with APT. Yeah, APT. And APT has just been the, the focus of everything on all of our social media pages. So, you know, they've both got about the same profitability, which is zero. Um, <laughs> it, it's just a game that you play and you ride the wave while it's there, but by gee, you get off before you get dumped. Yeah, definitely game of hot potato, unfortunately. In, in other news, Credit Corp kicked off the ASX 200 earnings season with a strong half-year result. 10% uh, growth actually in earnings to $42.3 million, driven predominantly from its US business. And most pleasingly, the company updated their forecast now, expecting earnings to be in the range of $85 to $90 million. And it's also going to resume its dividend program. And finally, Temple and Webster announced their first half revenue rose from 118% to $161.6 million. Strong growth across all categories and geographies drove the numbers. Uh, the second half of the year has also started strongly with January revenue growth tracking in excess of 100%. And Stuart, obviously, it's been an amazing time for online uh, retailers in recent times. Interestingly, though, Temple and Webster, when it announced uh, this morning and opened, uh, its price fell quite heavily, even went sub $10 for a bit. It has uh, recouped a little bit of territory at the moment. Um, but what's been your view in regards to this amazing run that online retailers have had? Because, um, of course, uh, Temple and Webster is just uh, one of uh, many. Yeah, I, I think for us, we've looked at something like a Temple and Webster and said, well, in that whole space of retail overall, it's been a logical buy for the last 12 months. So any, anything to benefit from COVID was online retail. Uh, but would you necessarily be jumping in right now after it's run up so hard? So these guys were $2.80 12 months ago. Uh, it would be very hard for us to buy them at 10 after uh, everyone's jumped into it. Mm. So for us, you see the likes of these guys, Kogan's another example, all run very hard and it's been the easy play over the COVID period. But I think investors now are starting to look elsewhere 
even though these figures are great, you know, uh, trade and commercial division grew 89% year on year. EBITDA was amazing, but the price is down 5%. And that's because I think people expected it to do amazingly. It has, but whether people are going to hang around for this, I'm not sure. All right, it'll be interesting. And no doubt uh, in time, more questions will be raised as its price finds itself and new emerging players come onto the radar. So stay tuned to Spotty for that. So let's get to your questions now, folks. Just remember, though, that all uh, the information in today's show is of a general nature only. None of it takes into account your objectives, personal situation or needs. And should you require any further assistance, then you need to talk to an advisor that's licensed to have that sort of discussion with you. Also remember, folks, that um, uh, our guest will try to recall um, that whether we hold an interest in a stock that we discuss, but in the cut and thrust of stock discussion, we sometimes forget. Um, if that's the case, please feel free to contact us all directly and we'll be happy to chat to you. Uh, now, Spotty is proud to be powered by our sponsors at ShareWealth Systems. Now, go to sharewealthsystems.com to learn how they have helped Australian investors outperform by giving them an edge over others. So sharewealthsystems.com. That's the website. Please do go have a look and see whether Gary and his team can be of assistance to you. All right, then, uh, gentlemen, time for us to go uh, straight into the questions. And thank you to those of you that have sent them in um, early. Again, we chances are we may not get through all of them today because I've got a little bit of a backlog after our little break, but we will get through them um, over the coming weeks, I assure you. Question comes from Kevin. I want to start with a classic here, if I can, Stuart. It's SolPats, the code SOL. Um, for those of us that have been investing in the market around or long enough, we will know this uh, you know, revered uh, player in the space and be very keen to get your view as to where it sits at the moment, please. Yeah, so these guys are a, a conglomerate listed investments company of sorts. Uh, you need to like the Milner family as asset managers if you back this one. Mm. Uh, they, in the past, they have done very well. So they've delivered both strong capital gains and dividend growth for investors. Uh, but you also then need to go beyond that and see what they're actually investing into. Now, their top holdings include TPG Corp, uh, Brickworks, New Hope. So they constitute around 80% of the group's portfolio of assets. For us at the moment, we don't particularly love their particular, the companies they've chosen. And with that right. being the case, it's not one we'd hold right now. You can see share prices coming off a little. Uh, long term, these guys are amazing and have done very well. They've got a great name for themselves, but just not something that we'd be looking to get into now. Yeah, and uh, for me, it's always uh, the source of one of my most favourite quotes of all time, and that is thinner the carpet, the thicker the dividend, but notwithstanding that uh, it is encountering some short-term issues. Look, um, look, Frank, you've actually brought to our attention in the past ETFs um, you know, to help uh, gain exposure to a range of different groups. And one in particular uh, that Kevin also asked about that I'd be very keen to get your thoughts on, particularly because it's so hot at the moment, is a ETF by the code of ACDC. Uh, no, not related to Angus Young, but it's the ETFS Battery Tech and Lithium uh, ETF. Be very keen in regard, because obviously lithium's a hot metal at the moment. We're in a bit of a super cycle there. I'm a little bit overweight in it myself personally. Uh, from an investment perspective, not in this index, in the broader sector as a whole. What's your view in regards to ACDC and that chart? And I suppose it as a potential way for investors to gain exposure to this hot sector. Well, they hit a uh, COVID low at around $40. Currently, they've been to 91, currently at about $87. Mm. Been a, an amazing run upwards. I, I think the 
think that it's starting to flatten off. Um, but the thing about uh, any ETF is that they are far further than any individual stocks. They're the sort of thing you can just hop on board uh, and ride and, and wait and you know, not pay a lot of attention to. So I wouldn't be buying uh, ACDC right now. But if it broke a new high at around $92, it would probably be set for another run. Okay, no, it, there you go. So uh, don't jump in too early, of course. Frank likes to see those breakouts, and that's when he's uh, convinced that the money is uh, pushing the thing in the right direction. I do want to start, uh, stay with you now, uh, Frank, particularly um, in regards to uh, one little stock who's, you know, its share price has been under a little bit of pressure recently. The company's AMA group. I'm going to ask Stuart in a moment for what's been going there, but, you know, it is a company that's been raised here before, so a lot of people have been asking about its price movements. Uh, Sagey actually asked this question. Um, so AMA, what's that price chart looking like to you? Uh, look, it's, it's been interesting. Once again, I, I tend to look back at the COVID low and the fact that um, a lot of stocks actually gapped down when COVID hit. So since the COVID low, AMA has been back up. It has closed the gap in the chart, which a technical analysts would expect at some stage. Uh, but that, that was around 85 cents. We're now at around 63. So having had a crack at getting through that gap, we've now backed off. A little bit of support around the 60 cent level and we're, we're right on it at the moment. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be charging into it. I'd wait for signs of strength. Uh, maybe a break of 82, 83, 84 cents, and then uh, I'd have a serious look at it. Well, I reckon you got some time before the bus pulls out of the station on that one. If you're waiting for those levels, Frank, because Stuart um, AMA Group joins the uh, infamous list, unfortunately, of uh, CEOs that have been doing some interesting things. I mean. A question was raised yesterday on our program about CleanAway and their CEOs departed. Now, of course, we've had AMA, um, whereby things are going a little awry there. Frank's right, it is higher than its uh, COVID low, but that would make sense because cars are actually back on the road right now. What's the uh, house view in regards to AMA and what would you be looking for as a catalyst to reconsider them? Yeah, I'd like to see management all uh, sort of calming down. We saw one of the, the CEO, obviously, He's being chased now. He's, he's resigned, yep. but he's still being chased for $1 million in expenses and bonuses that he allegedly, allegedly pocketed uh, without approvals. So then that's he's fired back then and said, well, one of the other directors uh, was also sort of the one gunning for him, uh, had a $3 million private equity deal that was for his private equity company. So there's all sorts of messiness going in there at the top level. Uh, and when that sort of thing's happening, they can start losing focus on the actual business. Uh, so for us, we'd be steering clear until things calm down. Uh, also, if you look at the business as well, the margins are declining over the last 10 years, ROE declining, gearing's been increasing also over that 10-year period. So for us, there's a lot more interesting businesses out there. Uh, I do see they've got a 300,000 repairs annually they're doing. They've got a workforce of 4,000. So obviously a, a solid business but just whether you'd be buying shares in them i don't think so while there's so much negative news at the moment 
Yeah, who would have thought panel beaters could get into that sort of uh, dodgy business? Actually, that's an idea. Maybe they should get in current insurance companies to go chase that money. Uh, they seem to do a pretty good job uh, when <laughs> when you have a bingle. Uh, look, the next question's for me, gentlemen. So have a sip of water. Uh, the question comes from Nini, um, who was wondering my current sentiment around two stocks that I've raised previously on the prog uh, program. Uh, one of them is Jaxter, code JXT, and the other is K2Fly, code K2F. So I'll start with that one first. Um, if, if for those that don't know, it provides uh, software that runs a lot of mining activities and heavy industry as well. Now, the price is pretty much square, although I did notice it had a bit of a 10% pop today uh, when I introduced it to everyone. So I'm still up on that particular business. Now, COVID was obviously going to be a drain. We saw that at Wash Through in that latest quarterly. Uh, but, you know, they've been very busy. They completed the uh, Sativa acquisition. They've won some new contracts uh, from that particular uh, uh, betting down. Uh, also, Fortescue has decided to use their software, not just locally, but globally as well. And Alcoa has signed a five-year contract too. So the cash flow positive for the last three quarters, which is also positive. Um, nothing's really changed in that regard. JXT, though, well, look, yes, that's a hidden hope for me, as I've uh, been saying quite a bit. It could become the next LinkedIn for the entire music industry, as I've said, but its price is going to be volatile. Now, you've seen the price swing around a bit, which is pretty consistent with what had happened uh, prior as well. The recent weakness, though, is probably um, on the back of the fact that um, it uh, didn't actually uh, win two particular uh, or gain two particular API links to major providers. Now, what that did is it's seen its price break key support. I, in fact, actually topped up on the stock at seven cents. If it gets into the fives, I'll probably top up again. Right. Now, the disappointment and the reason why it broke down was because of the lack of those two API deals. Now, since the new year, they did announce one with a group called Nightlife Music, but it ain't no Spotify or Apple. Uh, so, but it's a start, which is good because it shows proof of concept. So. Chances Song Trader comes through this year, they'll start earning some revenue from that and fingers crossed they can build on the back of this um, recent add-on in order to do well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now there's actually going to be, <clears throat> oh, it's dying here with my voice. There's going to be an investor webinar held tomorrow, okay? Um, so I'm sure more questions around uh, uh, what's likely to occur is uh, going to come up on that radar. So I'm in for now, gonna see what happens. But obviously, it remains in my uh, hit and hope draw. Um, but I am taking X fundamentals, X technical analysis. This is a theme, a thematic that I have backed on. And you just need to be buyer aware if you get into that stock. Um, I am going to stick with you if I can, uh, Stuart, now on this one here. It's uh, old. We're going to keep in the metals theme. Uh, Dr. Copper, uh, Sandfire Resources is their code. Um, it's had two recent valuation upgrades. Uh, but the price has fallen despite the fact we've had those upgrades. Now, question comes from Matt Anonymous. So we always like you to put your name down, folks. So do um, do that. But what's your view in regards to SFR at the moment? We're very big fans of Sandfire. I think that's a, a copper play. You can get benefit from that space being on the move. There is talk of copper moving into a, a super cycle. Uh, and, and there's been big talk around the electric vehicle space around... Uh, lithium lithium and then that area but for us we've said what other areas can do quite well out of this and copper uh, an electric vehicle uses four times more copper than a regular vehicle uh, buses use 10 to 15 times more copper than a regular bus and then the charging station infrastructure will also require copper so you've got all of this huge demand for copper as those electric vehicles roll out and their charging stations added to that 
the renewable infrastructure space also requires copper. So really there's so many areas to do well here and you've got to stock 50% off where it's been in 2018, also paying a 3.5% dividend. So for us, it's definitely one we'd be happy to pick up for clients for that longer term theme to roll out. Okay, but for those that have held it, Frank, it's always been a little perplexing. Unfortunately, it's price swings, uh, swings about in roundabouts, production issues and a few other things. It's like, you know, life tries to conspire against it, a bit like uh, Newcrest uh, for, for long-suffering shareholders there. But Sandfire, yes, it's had that pullback. What levels would you be watching from here? Because that recent double top doesn't look that great, does it? Well, you know, from uh, from May 18 at ten dollars down to a COVID low of uh, under three dollars, mm. going down for a long time. COVID just gave an extra kick in the direction that it was going. Uh, but you know, looking at a five-year chart, there's there's very clear resistance at the six-dollar level. I know we're at about four eighty at the moment, so it's a long way to six dollars. Again, uh, I talked earlier on about a, a chart filling a gap. Well, uh, Sandfire tried to fill a or it did actually fill a gap uh, in December, backed right off again. Next time it goes through the $6 level, I would think that would be a pretty good long-term job. But right at the moment, you won't get me involved. Yeah, no, fair enough. Steer clear and let that uh, price uh, work itself out. Um, all right, then, folks, we're about halfway through the show. Remember, we go for 45 minutes now. So uh, it's important for me to remember, uh, remind you all those contact details, sorry, question at spotty.com.au or text us 0480-079-089 to get your questions through. And again, if we can't answer them today, we will get through them uh, in subsequent weeks, just we've had a bit of a backlog over Christmas and the like. So um, never fear, we will get to them. And I try to keep them all topical relative to what's uh, quite hot. Um, at the moment. Uh, and also you can go to spotty.com.au to watch uh, uh, replays of the show. And of course, if you figured it out, yes, Ticker now has a new website. It's tickernews.co, not tickertv.com anymore. So always remember that. And also go to uh, uh, the website of our great supporters, Share Wealth Systems. Uh, the, the book is called 16 Traits. That's 16traits.com. .au, which are the 16 traits required in order to be a successful investor in life. Now, remember, we had Gary on the show yesterday and he talked about it. it's not about necessarily just how do you pick stocks. Yes, that's that's part of the game. But the traits of a successful investor are actually the qualities that you need to develop in order to ensure that you remain sane and sound through what can be incredibly volatile times. So 16 traits, that's 16traits.com to learn more about how you too can be the tortoise and win the race of investing life. All right then, so as we go back to air, the market currently continuing. Um, it's positive run. In fact, it's picked up a little bit pace. The ASX uh, 200 now above the 1% mark. So uh, that strong momentum that came through on the US markets uh, looks like it remaining in play. All right then, gentlemen, I wanna stick with another commodity that is running hot today in particular. It's uranium. The question comes from young Peter. Now, there were two stocks he's actually um, uh, raised here, um, to which I will ask uh, one of one and then one of the other. Uh, I'll ask you about um, uh, Boss Resources, uh, Stuart, just for your uh, benefit there. Uh, look, he's been looking at the uranium stocks. He noticed that Boss Energy, which is BOE is their code. Um, now, they have their honeymoon project located in South Australia. Uh, and there's another stock um, that he's been looking at, uh, which is PEN. 
which actually uh, escapes my memory at the moment in regards to its name, mainly because I don't hold it. That'll teach me. Peninsular, uh, Peninsular Energy um, is their name. So I'll stick with you first, if I can, Stuart. Boss, it is a stock that I hold. It's had a pretty good bounce today. Um, are you familiar with this company at all? Because let's face it, everyone's saying the uranium price run is coming, and this is one of the uh, names that keeps getting thrown up. Yeah, well, look, these guys look like they're positioning to be one of Australia's next top producers. I, I didn't know a whole lot about them until I've uh, just heard of it now and, and a little bit over the last few months as, as uranium's really started to get on the radar. But uh, end of last year, they raised 15 mil through a placement to go towards their production ramp up of their asset, uh, the Honeymoon Project. Mm. Uh, it's been a great 12 months, maybe starting to take a breather now, but still the theme for the overall space is really interesting. I read... Um, uh, half an inch of uranium pellet contains the energy equivalent of one ton of coal, which is unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, so these sorts of things, they can't go unnoticed. I also saw the US has 20% of their country's electricity from nuclear power. Uh, so there's all sorts of opportunities for us and other countries that aren't so big in nuclear power. So I, I think it's an interesting business. They're positioned to do quite well. Looks like they're ready to ramp up. So one I'd be happy to consider for clients. Yeah, not bad, excellent. Well, for those wondering, the other uranium stock I hold is called Lotus Resources. The code is LOT. They have the uh, Kealakira Uranium Project in Malawi, although I did see the announcement the other day, they found rare earths apparently. Well, possibly a sign of the times. Um, the other stock was Peninsula Energy. This is an interesting US play located out of Wyoming, actually. I don't hold this stock, by the way. Uh, the Lands Project, uh, which is its main project, is using a process called uh, P-H-I-S-R. Now, um, in 2019, they halted production in order to transfer over to this more environmentally friendly method. According to the company, about 57% of all the world's yellow cake is extracted by this uh, better method, and it wants to do so too. And the main reason being that by doing so, it puts them in the lowest quartile of production costs. Now, interestingly, uh, they're the only US uranium miner authorized to use this process. And speaking of the US, much like they're trying to do with rare earths, they're trying to establish a national reserve of uranium to protect their sovereign interests, uh, which, you know, basically they're going to spend $75 million a year, the uh, US government, for locally produced uranium only. So these guys are right in the front end of the process. Now, they're expected to recommence uh, mining once the approval of the low PHISR process is approved. Peter points to insider buying. He likes to see that. So, Frank, PEN, obviously we're talking, you know, you're again, you're old enough. If you remember Poseidon, you'll remember the last uranium uh, 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 bubble that occurred and how that popped. It's been languishing at around the high 20s, low 30s for a while. Most mines around the world require it to be towards the upper part of the $30 to make sense. Tell us a little bit about the chart for PEN and then tell us a little bit about you know, uranium, because I've said before in the past, it's like waiting for a bus on Sunday. It just never comes. Um, do you think the uranium price could be uh, on its way up? Uh, well, yeah, it clearly is. But whether that continues or not remains to be seen. Yeah. And look, were you saying PDN or no, PE? -E? No, PEN, not Paladin. PE. -E okay, Peninsula, yeah. Yeah. Um, Again, from a from a technical point of view, there's been some terrific buy signals given back at about the eight cent level. It's had a pretty good run, been as high as uh, sixteen. Backed off recently, a bit of a jump today. 
my my buy on that would probably be if and when it closes above 15. So I'd be pretty keen at 15 and a half cents. Um, and then, I mean, you ask about uranium. Well, if uranium runs, this will run. So it, it's it's a bit uh, a bit of a quantum leap, but I know what the gold price is, but uh, that doesn't make me buy a gold stock. I've got to wait for the buy signal on the individual stock. Mm. So okay. PEN 15.5 uh, could be looking good. Okay, so that's the key level that Frank is watching there, and thank you very much for your question, uh, Peter. Uh, another question I just want to touch on here, Stuart, if I can. Um, two stocks in particular. Uh, question from yesterday, actually. Uh, Felix Group Holdings, code FLX, a recent listing, and then uh, Linear Technologies, LNU, which uh, their code keeps popping up from time to time in the various chat forums and the like. So do you have an opinion on both those stocks uh, there, Stuart? Uh, yeah, Felix obviously just came on recently, uh, floated in Jan at around 36. Uh, Cloud-based software as a service mm. uh, market platform, primarily for commercial constructions in that industry. Uh, helps contractors and vendors find each other and engage with each other. Uh, what I read was very interesting about these guys. It's a very sticky product. So once it once it's in with the contractors, it becomes embedded in their operations. So they have a 99% retention rate, which is very interesting. Enterprise software as a service revenue has also grown at 467% per annum in the last two years. So while the share price itself hasn't shot the lights out, uh, it's probably one to watch. And if it does start to move with more big name clients, that'd be what you'd like to see out of these guys and could be worth getting on board with. But not not yet for us. No, but LNU, the visualisation tech business, I mean, its share price had a big spike up and it's uh, doing that classic Mount Fuji pattern, I like to call, where it goes up and then goes straight back down again. Um, anything fundamentally that might be a saving grace with this business at this time from your perspective, Stuart? Uh, for us, well, it's this sort of space. There's other people in these areas, it seems to be. Everyone's trying to see if they can make video technology work better. I know Atomos is in a, a separate sort yeah. of space, but similar idea with what they're looking to do. Video files are very large and cumbersome. They're hard to manage. Uh, Linus converts static video files into dynamic virtual files, so they can be edited quite easily. Uh, they ran very hard to 7.5 cents, but they're almost back 50% now in Jan. So really, whether that's part of the tech pullback, I know there was some recent news fly around these guys having a link with Amazon. And often any news with any huge company like that can see a share price rocket up. But then whether that actually leads to cash flows and revenues for the business still to be seen. So they've got big opportunities in news, media broadcasters, uh, education, corporate communications, these sorts of areas. But for us, uh, it's a great idea, logical technology, but it's never really fired. So we'd, again, we'd wait to see more traction from these guys as well. All right, Frank, a bit of education here in regards to this, because a lot of people might have written it on the way up. It had all the buzzwords that everyone wanted to see. Its share price is now virtually half from that peak. What should people be doing when they get into stocks like this, when they're looking at positions like that? Now, I know it doesn't resemble many of your clients at ProTrade. It tend to be more sophisticated and uh, uh, and obviously the, these um, sort of bottom feeders aren't the ones they normally look at. But occasionally, surely they come up in discussions. 
What sort of education do you provide people in regards to protecting their capital that you know you could share with our viewers today? Uh, well, look, just looking at the LNU, uh, let's take that. Yeah. And uh, you've just got your ten grand of super, and you want to have a punt. First thing I'd argue, uh, issued cap at one point five billion is a bit on the heavy side, mm. but. Um, from a charting point of view, we're right on support at the moment. Now, personally, I'd wait for a bit of a lift off support before I bought, yep. but uh, I wouldn't have any issue if someone would, uh, let's say, buy four cents, uh, provided you've got a stop loss in there probably at around 3.6, 3.7 cents. In other words, if you're not right, you're out. Really quite simple. and. Probably could be a decent trade given the support at four cents. Okay, that's probably not the answer I was expecting from the, the venerable Frank, but you know what? I've uh, written that down, so I'm, uh, I'll be on board. Uh, look, uh, that aside, though, I do want to talk about another uh, question that's come through from young Craig, who'd like to know our insights on Phoenix Resources. Says it looks like a, another little great company in iron ore industries, with, in industry, sorry, with its results due in a few weeks and he's heard apparently on the grapevine that they're good numbers well for those that don't know and playing along at home the code is fex it is a junior iron ore play their iron ridge discovery um, has had a feasibility study completed and in december they have commenced work now they have the resource they've got the infrastructure and the cash after some heavy capital raising last year now it's going to cost them around 12 million dollars to get it up and running circa um and look they're you know, a little over half of that has to be paid in order to get their first shipment. So the good news is it's not like they've got to outlay that $12 million straight up. The even better news is that they're backed at the moment by some $17 million. Now, with grades at around 63%, they're not the best, but they ain't the worst. Um, a few delays with initial shipments are only temporary. Um, they are expected to do quite well. I actually share your positive sentiment in regards to FEX. Um, Frank, before we go to Stuart for his stocks to see the light on, your view in regards to FEX's chart, as well as just iron ore in general, because let's face it, um, it's been one of the saving graces through 2020. Yeah, look, uh, I like FEX myself. I think it's the first stock that's uh, come up on Spotty for me, where I actually have a few. Yeah. Um, it has backed off again recently. Uh, we've come back again and touched a good support level at 20 cents. We've had a bit of a kick today. I like the fact that they're producing. Uh, I think the future is very good for them. So again, I think buying anywhere at these levels with stops just under the 20 cent level on a, a just in case it all goes wrong. Mm. But with any um, iron ore, you've got to keep China in the back of your mind. To think uh, they've just continuously kept buying. They've pushed iron ore prices to very high levels. They've stockpiled like crazy. And it wouldn't surprise me if they pull the rug on it at some stage just to uh, get prices to back off to more reasonable levels. But uh, I like FEX. Yeah, I think I just got a call from Josh Friedberg on the phone there. Frank is uh, telling me to get off the air because apparently that's a view that we can't. Say here, iron ore prices will only go northeast. 
Haven't you heard? Haven't you read the memo? Uh, well, we'll look at the budget report anyway. <laughs> All right, then, folks, it's yeah, time good. for us to see the light, which is proudly brought to you by our friends at Macro Capital, who deliver you all the market insights, execution service, and investment ideas you need all in one handy package. Go to macro.com.au to learn more about their services. All right, then, Stuart from Medallion Financial Group, time for you to step up to the plate. What two stocks do you want to help us see the light on that we're going to listen attentively to and then conduct our own research to see whether they align with our own personal objectives and tolerance to risk? Yeah, so the first one we've got is Credit Corp. So these guys came out, as we spoke of earlier, reported today 10% growth in NPAT, uh, particularly encouraging was the growth in the US, was up mm. by more than 100%. Uh, over the prior corresponding period. Uh, recent acquisition of Collection House should also prove positive for these guys. Now, they're very good historically at buying cheap debt in times of stress. And obviously, they went very well out of the GFC. From there, they, we've now, you know, they went from sort of down to a dollar, I believe, up to, say, high 30s. Uh, they fell away during COVID. And we see that as actually a time they probably did some very good purchasing again. Uh, if, if people are happy to take a lower price for their debt, that's where someone like Credit Corp can swoop in and then take that, collect the debt and make great returns from that. Uh, over the next few years, hopefully they can capitalise on what they've been doing right now. Uh, the second one is PointsBet. Now, I've spoken about these guys before. They've continued to do well. What's particularly encouraging about PointsBet is their market share in the US has been better than expected in a recent update. So they had a market share of around that 6% mark uh, but in New Jersey, the recent report says 13.5% there, and Illinois was up around 147 for their online market share handle. So we've got to think this is a market in the US that's uh, really, sports betting was illegal until 2018. It's gradually being uh, legalized by states. Uh, and what they're looking at now is seeing, well, states are in all sorts of pain due to COVID. How can they get cash back? So come, uh, states that potentially weren't terribly on board with the idea are now looking at it and saying, well, we've got big gaps left by COVID. Where can we get some revenues to fill those gaps? And online sports betting may provide that avenue and, and help them to move that direction faster than they otherwise would have. Uh, they've also just signed up Shaquille O'Neal as their Australian ambassador, <laughs> which is quite exciting. Uh, and, and really, we think it's, it's a great prospect for them as the US states continue to legalise. Yeah, the Shack Attack. Were you old enough to remember those old Reebok pumps yeah, there, yeah. Stuart? Yeah, did you have a pair That's of those? Cool. I had a full collection of basketball cards as a 10-year-old, I think. Yeah, no, mighty man Shaquille O'Neal. For those of you young fellas or ladies watching the program, he was sort of a uh, yeah, real monster of his age. So, uh, yeah, good to see that come on board. And as you know, Stuart, the rule of this game, if you put two stocks up that I hold an interest in, you always get another gig on this program. Uh, Frank, time for you to uh, help us see the light on two stocks that, again, just as I uh, said with regards to Stuart, we're going to listen attentively to, then do our own research and determine whether it aligns with our own personal objectives and tolerance to risk. Okay, I'm going to be a bit boring. Uh, both my stocks are in the healthcare sector. Uh, firstly, EHE, which is SDF oh, Health. Yep. Uh, Pre-COVID, 250 down to 90 cents, now $1.90. So uh, I can see them getting back to uh, pre-COVID levels, if not greater. But um, you've got to wait for a break of the $2 before... Um, 
before you hop on board. You know, okay. you, you, you can go out and buy cheap, but you'll probably get them cheaper a week or two later. So break of $2 on EHG and that's a goer. The other one, I spent uh, half the night for you, Elio, scanning and finding a really good looking stock, HLS, Helios Limited, again, healthcare. Um, last night when I was looking, it was at $3.92 and I'd have been saying a break of $4 would be good for it. Well, it's exploded today and uh, very short time ago, it was at $4.16. So um, they're my two uh, tips for the medium to long term. Now, you see, Frank, here's the thing. You meant to tell me that before you jump on the show. I mean, not that I like to get involved in front running. We just want to make sure the chart's up and running, of course. Uh, anyway, we won't get into that. A big hello to all our Reddit viewers who are um, tuning into the program um, today as well. But for those that may have missed it, Estia, EHE uh, and Helix Resources, uh, HLX, are the two stocks that Frank is helping us see the light on, which, of course, we saw the light with Macro Capital. Go to that website, macro.com.au, to learn more about their services. Look, gentlemen, it'd be remiss of me not to um, just ask you before you go a, a general comment about the craziness that has occurred, be it either the GME, the AMC, the Silver Squeeze, whatever the case may be. We had your view earlier uh, there, Frank. I'll, I'll talk about that in a moment. But to Stuart, I didn't ask you earlier, you know, what, what is, what's the main lesson in your view that investors should take away from what's happened in the last few days? Well, I've had a lot of friends, record numbers of friends. I didn't record know numbers of friends. I like it. <laughs> in market, didn't know they were involved in markets or interested at all. Uh, happy now to try and cash in. Uh, but then these are guys who jumped on last night and bought uh, or bought yesterday, for instance, Ripple, yeah. a cryptocurrency. Uh, and then I saw overnight it's dropped through the floor. So they've all lost a lot of money now. I think if you if you do want to play in these shorting spaces and try and benefit from what's happening, uh, it's, it's a risky game. And if you do make something, I'd be taking it very quickly and run for the hills because you see a lot of these things can do very, very well and then fall away very quickly. And it's, it's quite scary. It's not really logical investing for us. Uh, not something I'd generally recommend to clients either. Frank, that old saying, uh, investing is about transferring money from the patient to the impatient. Would you agree with that? Is this another lesson in that? Yeah, or transferring money from the educated investor or to the educated investor from the uneducated mm. Look, I, I totally believe if you don't know at least a bit of technical analysis, go learn something. Uh, and you just won't hop on Ripple yesterday or GME the day before. You'll buy the breakouts when the mugs come along. Sorry. Um, you know, you hop off. It's, it's all very simple. It's Nothing has changed. This was going on in 1980 in the gold boom. It was going on in the tech boom at the turn of the century. Yeah, nothing has changed. Just happens a bit quicker. <laughs> and really, that's sage words of advice, folks. So I actively encourage you to go to protradersoftware.com.au where there is a lot of literature in regards to technical analysis and how to apply it and learn about the services that the great man, Frank Watkins, over there in Perth from lockdown, nice and early. Thank you for joining us today and for sharing your words of wisdom. Great to be with you. Look forward to the next show. 
And Stuart, I think I saw your phone buzz a thousand times while you're on the show. I know you're a very busy man in this current market and no doubt you've got a lot of calls to get back to. So just for that, plus because of all of your wonderful insights today, thank you for your contribution. Thanks very much. No problem. Well, that's all we have time today. Remember, medallionfinancialgroup.com.au is the website there to go learn more about the services that Stuart offers his members. Uh, thanks again uh, to both of our guests. Tomorrow, we've got Ron Shamgar from Tamam Asset Management and Braddon Gardner from Trade Setup, who'll be rounding out the Spotty Week. So send in your questions early if you can't tune in live, question at spotty.com.au or text us 0480 079-089. Again, apologies to those of you who I couldn't get to your questions today. They will be covered in subsequent weeks and then eventually we'll get back onto the regular schedule, I am sure. Thanks again to our great sponsors, Share World Systems. Remember, go to that website, shareworldsystems.com, and download that ebook, 16trades.com. And until tomorrow, I'm Elio D'Amato. You've been watching Spotty, and together we've been shining the spotlight on shares. Take care.